Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Corey Willis with PVI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the podcast. We're going to be chatting with the guys from Texas Truck Jam. We've had them on the podcast before, and we talked about the event, and this year's event was huge, and it grew tremendously. And we're going to ask them how they did it, and then also what they've been doing on the racing side to be able to create races that are really fun to watch that people you know, want to go they want to sit in the stand see what's going on and other parts of the event like dino competition the show and shine and also companies that have helped them be able to to do this and the, the the networking so it's gonna be a fantastic episode we were excited to see the event this year and then what they got planned for 2020 before we get to the podcast so we want to encourage you guys to go on itunes give us a review and then send us a message on instagram you can find us by searching the diesel podcast and what we're doing is we're giving away a free gift card for diesel parts so all you got to do is just go on itunes give us a review send us a message on instagram and we're going to pick somebody here shortly and then get you a gift card so if you're looking to get turbo injectors programmer monitor anything like that use it for whatever you want you guys can take advantage of that all right, let's get to the podcast with the crew that put on Texas Truck Jam and learn more about the event that just happened and what they got planned for 2020. Guys, it is fantastic to have you back on the Diesel Podcast and talk about Texas Truck Jam and events and trucks and going fast. We're excited to have you guys back on. We're excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us on. I remember last time we chatted, we we were going into events and, and what it takes to be able to create one and and tips for people and being that texas truck jam 2019 just happened i wanted to have you guys just kind of recap it talk about it um, some of the trucks that were out there vendors you guys had just give us a kind of a review of it yeah so it was for both of us it was a real eye-opener um for our second year i will say compared to our first being that we didn't really market it very well um, it was just two guys sitting around hanging out and kind of threw an event together. Um, Even with that first one under our belt, uh, it was just, so kind of a recap, the the gates were supposed to open at three. Um, So obviously Josh and I showed up about three hours early and we turn around and then there's just a line all the way wrapped around (laughs) the whole whole racetrack, almost backed up on the, the interstate. So we, we kind of had to, you know, let the, uh, the floodgates open a little early, um, which was really cool, um, being that it was about a year worth of preparation. Um, but, yeah, it was really exciting. You would mentioned the marketing part of it, and I wanted to ask you guys, what, what was different between year one and two, and then how did it help you guys create awareness and then, you know, get people to, to make the drive and, and bring their trucks and have a good time there? Well, going into year two, we had learned our mistakes from year one, and being that we actually had physical sponsors for year two, um, 
myself and Corey both forked up quite a bit of money up front and spent it on Facebook advertising and Instagram advertising and, and just blasting it out there as much as we could and picking that targeted audience of, of friends that we have in the industry and, and their friends as far as going into the settings on Facebook, how you do it. But um, we probably spent a good maybe $1,000, $1,500 on marketing um, just on social media, and the influence just grew rapidly because um, we had probably shy of maybe 900-ish people, almost 1,000 if you count both days of people that showed up early testing and the whole nine yards through the gate this year. So to have a, a growth from you know 150 people first year to almost 1,000 second year was uh, pretty surreal. And a lot of it had to deal with the sponsors and how much money we were spending up front in marketing it. With the sponsors that you guys have, you guys have a ton of them. And, and I wanted to ask you, a bit about it because we think you know there might be somebody else out there in another part of the country it's like hey i want to do something i want to put something together and it can be intimidating at first you know when say you haven't done an event or maybe it's just the first time you've done one and you're going into year two you're like how do i approach this huge company like fleece or bd or somebody else and like how do i find the right person how do i talk to them what were some things that you guys did to be able to, you know, get to the person you needed to and then just be able to explain to them, hey, this is what we got going on. This is what we, you know, envision with it. These are the people showing up and and be able to allow them to see what you guys are doing and putting on. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it really started from year one, um, even getting to know a lot of the local shops that were around us. I mean, obviously, we're in Texas, so there's a lot of um, shops geographically around us. So our first year out, uh, we got to know a lot of good people um, in the industry. Um, even from there, we kept in contact with a lot of shops. And even Chris Patterson over at Summit, I know you've had a couple episodes with him. He actually got me in touch with uh, Georgina uh, up in uh, BD. And we got on the phone, and I, I kind of pitched her the idea of this event being there's no more Diesel Thunder, there's no NHRDA. And she got on board actually right away. Um, being that there is no more big events within Texas or the southern region, obviously nothing uh, west of the Mississippi. So she, she liked it, and she was, yeah, I'm, I'm game. And that was really step one. And then even this year, our, uh, our BD rep that came out, uh, Mr. Guy, he actually sat with him and talked with him for about an hour, really, about the event. He actually absolutely loved it. He's been to you know, hundreds of these kind of events all over the U.S. And he's like, you know, you guys have a, a good location here being in Texas. We don't really, really get to come down a whole lot, which was good news for us. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty much year one falling into year two, and it's really a bit snowballed. Um, some of the vendors that we have, uh, or we had, I guess, this year, of course, BD, and we had STP out of Houston, uh, Mr. Chris Patterson over at Summit. Uh, TSD out of San Antonio, uh, Spooligans, which is PSE, which is Dorian, uh, Wamesley Performance, uh, Flying Diesel Performance, uh, but yeah, that's, and then also Texas Gulf Coast as well. Uh, those are all pretty pretty local Texas, but of course ne- next year going into 2020, we'll we'll branch out and go into those manufacturers now that we have you know second year under our belt. What's so cool to hear about is the networking and when we're 
you're really into diesel trucks and racing or any really side of the community is we all, you know, kind of network within our own, you know, realms, whether it's the race side or parts or just talking about it and just being able to get out there and meet people and talk to them, you can get a contact. And once you get a contact and, you know, you're able to explain, hey, this is what we're doing and this is why it's unique, then I think that that would really help people out there who may want to do this in their own state, you know, their own, their own region, or just be able to you know, bring it together. And we had talked with Georgina about diesel events and their importance and how much they enjoy getting out and traveling Canada and the United States and being able to meet customers and racers and people are just enthusiasts at diesel. So there's, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of uh, synergy and a lot of excitement from the manufacturer level to like you guys that are putting this together to the people that are showing up and, and hanging out there for a couple of days. That's, that was a big key factor as far as just traveling. So I, Nathan Wheeler, who was here on the last episode with Crazy Horse, I'm his crew chief, and he and I try and travel to almost every single race that the TSD team goes to, whether it's in Florida at Ryan's race or Tennessee with ODSS. Um, and I actually met John Drury from Fleece at the uh, Suncoast Hardway performance in the spring and had got in with him and he was so excited about it and getting out and traveling and meeting these people and not being shy and walking up and talking to him was a huge thing that, that helped uh, tremendously. Now with the, with the event itself, you guys definitely, I know you guys have drag racing, but what, what, um, what kind of classes do you guys have? And then what other parts of the event did you guys incorporate like a show and shine or dyno competition, you know, things like that. We actually had both this uh, show and shine and dyno, along with the drag racing this year for year two. Um, Scott, I'm not going to butch his last name on a podcast, uh, from Abilene Diesel Performance. They just bought a brand new Mustang dyno last year at SEMA, and they brought it out uh, to win. Truck Jam right after they had had their event in Abilene and broke the dyno <laughs> and ran it all day. Uh, I mean, these guys were just... You leave in there that night we're just exhausted yeah it was it was a it was a good day uh we had a lot of people show up for the show and shine which was great being that more of the dyno and the show and shine was under my scope and the racing scene and putting all that together was under josh and it was it was a good turnout uh compared to last year we didn't have a dyno event we didn't have a show and shine really so and this year we had a lot of requests for a dyno, which I think helped a lot with bringing more of a, an audience out because it really appealed to more people, obviously, if you just have racing. So I think that was a good addition we added. I know there's a lot of fast trucks in Texas, but whenever I'm on Instagram and I see like these really beautiful looking trucks, I, there's usually like a 75% chance they're from somewhere in Texas. And it's so cool to see what um just what what kind of trucks are being built there i i can't remember the names off the top of my head that these instagram pages but it's just like the attention to detail and the way that they look and everything like that i bet the show and shine is something that's really cool to check out yeah definitely and of course texas for whatever reason people like shiny big things and trucks mm-hmm. have, have to be a go-to for everybody so <laughs> and what i mean i will say even even the show and shine trucks obviously they're big and beautiful trucks half of those trucks even put their trucks on the dyno. So it was actually kind of cool to see 
you know, a $100,000 truck, actually put down some decent numbers uh, on the dyno as well. Uh, we're actually here with TSD recording here today and uh, Chris Buheider, who actually put on the uh, Pro Street Limited class for this year. Uh, so he, he might have a few words to say about that new class this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to know or chat with you guys a little bit about the the, the racing side and, and just what kind of classes you guys had and, and the trucks and the prizes. I saw some really cool plaques you guys had done up, which were, they were amazing. That was, was one of the coolest things I remember seeing, you know, prior to the event when you guys posted those up on, on Instagram. Yeah, it was, uh, it was funny about the trophies. My, uh, my wife actually, she was just browsing Google and we're just kind of coming up with new ideas for the trophies being, you know, everybody pretty much does, you know, the, the tall plastic trophies, which mm -hmm. are cool and all, but I was like, I really want to, you know, accord, coordinate something that's really not blingy, but flashier than normal. So we actually found a plasma tracks uh, on Google and he was really cool, real straight up forward, uh, very responsive. You know, we emailed back and forth for about a week or two and, you know, the turnaround was, I would say, you know, almost 10 days from, from the, the, the CNC all the way up to powder coating to shipping. So, and that, and that, I will say everybody loved the trophies, not to, you know, brag on myself and my wife, but it was, uh, it was something uh, really nice to see. I remember when I saw him, I was like, if I showed up with a truck, I wasn't going to win anything, but I wanted a plaque to put in my pool room or something because it was that cool. <laughs> I think one thing that attracted, uh, you know, a few more guys out there out there this year was the trophies, but also the bigger payouts. The, you know, the cash payout, you know, Chris B threw up, was it $2,500 on the Pro, Pro Limited class? Um, you know, and having those larger cash payouts is, really appealing to a lot of these guys because in the diesel world we don't have these big payouts and NHRDA didn't pay out that much um, you know ODSS has some decent decently good payouts but that's one thing that we we're trying to focus on is getting these guys some cash because that's what they put into their trucks cold hard cash why not win some of it back exactly and I think that's one of the largest or one of the one of the most maybe overlooked things out there from like say from the stands is you know, we see the truck and we know a lot of money goes into it, but to be able to sustain that throughout the spring and summer and fall, it costs money. So yeah, having, you know, higher payouts, it's like, Hey, there, you know, there's some money for the parts or time or things that, that the guys might need to keep their trucks up and running. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, one thing I will say is, uh, you know, a lot of these trucks, especially the Pro Limited class, it's a very strict class. But these guys spend, you know, obviously hundreds and hundreds of dollars just to get on these specific classes. And with those more expensive classes, you know, come more faster trucks. So I'll let actually Chris B, you know, chime in on the, uh, the Pro Limited class. Yeah, we wanted to, to know a little bit more about the the, the racing classes and, and just what the, the competition was like. And it's kind of a review of, of how the event went on the drag racing side. Uh, you know, they did the, the regular, you know, sportsman type class and your the index classes. What a lot of guys are used to seeing, um, you know, at ODSS or an HRDA and have their trucks set up for. And then 
there's a, something new that, that we've been working on a little bit. We call it Pro Limited, and it's, it's kind of a, it's an indirect power limitation. Um, you know, you, what happened is, you know, and Super Street and NHRDA kind of went through this a few years ago, and uh, Pro Street is kind of headed the same direction. You have those trucks without any rules, you know, people will keep pushing the limits and pushing the limits, and what happened is that unless you were a shop that could dedicate not just tens of thousands of dollars into keeping the truck running, but the hundreds of hours, you know, in between the races to keep them maintained, I mean, it, it, became, it became completely unaffordable for a guy that didn't have a, a shop or was a manufacturer, and, and then even the time alone made it for even more prohibitive. And, so what we did is we, we came up with uh, some recipes that would try to get the trucks, you know, for one, close together. So you could you could take like an old Super Street truck, for instance, that's, you know, 6,000 pounds. But then you could also run it against, uh, you know, some of the, say maybe one of the guys that, uh, one of the pro mods is only weighs 4,000 pounds or 3,500 pounds. And, uh, and make it to where they, the obviously the heavier truck can make more power, but there's not a second differential between the two of them, you know, where the heavier trucks go great, and I'm going to get my doors blown off. So um, we we ran it here at, at you know, at, at this race, and we we ran it at uh, the Suncoast uh, Hardway race in the spring, and I think each time, I think we had eight trucks or so, and uh, I don't think anybody, you know, every race was within a tenth or two. And, you, you know, we had some guys that were running 670, and then we had some you know, some pro street trucks, and it, it, uh, all the racing was really tight, made it fun to watch, and, and a lot of fun to do, and the, the cool part about it, too, is that now the guys are, you don't have to make 2,000 horsepower, and, you know, by the rules, you can't make 2,000 horsepower, so you're not putting a converter in at every pass, or an input shaft in at every pass, you got guys going around since consistent racing, and you, it's also forcing guys to say, hey, well, I can only run this size turbo, so what, you know, what can I do with my cylinder head to get that extra 10 horsepower? You know, let's get back on the dyno and change the tune-up or something like that. So it's it's really pushing the, um, you know, everybody's having to think a little harder and work on their suspension, and it's driving the innovation, I think. So it was pretty fun. I think that's a really great point that you made. We would hear about that with podcasts, and just people would message into us, and they're like, hey, I, I loved racing, but... I can't compete with this huge shop. I don't have the time. I don't have the support network. I've got a full-time job. Like I, I can't do it. And it was almost like something that would kind of take the wind out of their sails a little bit. And I think what, what you just described is so cool because then it adds that back into it where it's like, okay, I can compete, but how am I going to get that extra 10 or 15 or 20 horsepower when I'm, I, you know, I can't do it with the turbo, but what about all these other things? And that's where, I imagine just tons of companies and, and sponsors and, and just the diesel industry in general, it's pushing them to do these other things they maybe otherwise wouldn't have done. So it just, it helps so many different aspects of racing and performance and just the enthusiasm for, for competition. Yeah. I think it'll be a, you know, a great, great thing going forward. If you look at like in the, you know, the gas world, the radial racing, you know, they have like the X275 class and, you know, there'll be 200 cars show up for that thing and they'll qualify for two days and you got the top 32 that go to the show and they're all within like five, six hundreds. 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that is that is a blast to watch, and it's it's even more fun and more challenging to to try a race like that. It makes for a good show too. So when you're there watching it and you you get to see these really close races, it it's fun to watch it. Yeah, it it's uh, it's good for the fans and and good for the. For the industry, and you know, another thing that that was starting to become a problem, and I guess it wasn't quite a problem yet, but like the the super street trucks, for instance, they they were all six thousand pounds, and our chassis search says that we can go, uh, I think it's five thirty five, and that's it. And um, NHRDA in there last year, they actually had to change from quarter to eighth mile to try to to try to you know skirt that a little bit. And Pro Street, you know, they depending on what chassis cert you have, if you can get down to the under 5,000 pounds, then you can you can run a, a 5.0, and everybody kind of saw it coming. You know, the last year of Pro Street, or I say not last 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 year of Pro Street, you had you know Dustin and uh, Firepunk, and they're both you know 5.0, 5.02, 5.03, and um, you know stainless, and uh, they're getting real close now. And it was essentially going to turn everything into a, a big index in the next couple of years. And um, I don't think people wanted to keep you know, for one, the guys that build trucks like that, I mean, they're competitive. They want to race heads up. They'd rather race slower but heads up than, than have to hit the brakes at the end and um, not turn it into a, to a big index. So it, it, it's kind of cool that it, it slowed everybody down, but everybody still has, you know, as much adrenaline, as much competitive, and, you know, it's heads up, you know, your foot through the floor all the way through, going as fast as you possibly can. So uh, that helps get around that issue, too. That, especially from a spectator point of view, like if I go – to an event and I'm watching racing, that's what I want to see. Like that gets me excited. And I sit there for two or three or six hours because I like to see just these two vehicles go all out versus having to tap the brakes, you know? So I think from people that are watching, that's what they want to see and, and getting people to events and, and getting them out there. That's, that's a really key part of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the in index racing, don't get me wrong. I mean, that it's honestly harder, you know, you gotta be, twice the racer to index race because you're driving at both ends of the track and then in the, that whole five or six seconds you have to somehow, you know, have that timer in your head <laughs> to tell you yeah. you're ahead or behind schedule. Um, but, the uh, you know, from a, a new fan standpoint that, you know, maybe it's their first time to the track, second time to the track, they don't get the brake lights at the end of the track. Like, it, it's just, it's foreign to them. And so by having a, uh, always having a heads-up class, it gives the, you know, before they have a full understanding of racing that gives them something to enjoy and get a kick out of watching. Now for, for 2020 Texas truck jam, what are you guys, what are some, some new additions you guys are, are going to be adding to the event? And, and then also, you know, for people listening where they're like, Man, I want to go to this next year, where can they find out you know, what you guys are doing and, and different things that you have going on with the event? Well, Corey and I took a trip up to uh, Ennis, Texas uh, a few weeks ago and met with uh, Mr. Eric Cheeseburger, as they call him, uh, with Texas Motorplex, and we were planning on uh, merging our event into that that track next year, and we'll be adding a day, so it'll be a two-day event next year. Uh, We will do some qualifying uh, for the pro guys Friday night. We'll do some test and tune, grudge racing Friday night. you know, and the grudge racing, I'm I'm pretty excited about. Um, but going into Saturday, we'll we'll have a little qualifying in the morning and go straight into the day and have our dyno show and shine, 
and drag racing on Saturday. So it's going to grow continuously. Um, follow the uh, social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, and we'll be starting to make announcements uh, here in the coming months uh, leading into next year. We actually had a phone call, I think it was yesterday? This morning. This morning with uh, Ms. Georgina from BD Diesel, and they've already confirmed they're in um, for next year, for 2020. So they will be our uh, the main title sponsor next year as well like they were this year. So um, it's just going to keep growing and going up from here. It's really cool to see how, how you guys have grown this into such a I think it extends outside of Texas even, and it, it's it's something that's growing into a national event that, that catches people's attention no matter where they're at, and that's, I know it's a lot of hard work and a lot of, you know, creativity and, and just networking and, and, and putting minds together to make it happen, but it's so cool to see what you guys have done from the last time we chatted to now and then looking into next year. It's just, it, it's just so cool to see that. Well, we had uh, Mr. Luke Cartwright bring his Duramax down from uh, Nebraska. We had several guys from uh, New Mexico, I think it was, a bunch of West Texas people. And when I say West Texas, I mean, you can't just drive across Texas in a day. Um, You know, coming from Odessa or even El Paso to San Antonio, it's a full nine-hour trip, ten-hour trip, and you're still only halfway across the state, you know. So a lot of these guys, when we move it to Ennis next year, it's going to be much more convenient for – these out-of-state guys to get down here and not have to drive for a whole nother day once they enter Texas. Yeah, I think uh, it, it's something we're looking forward to seeing, and and I know after our last episode, we got a lot of people messaging us like, hey, you know, how do I follow them, or when is this, or you know, how do I get entered? And and so it, it's really cool to see it grow and, and take on kind of a life of its own. And and then the trucks that you guys have and the classes and how competitive they are. I think it's a great thing for diesel and I appreciate you guys' time today chatting with us and giving us some insights and, and uh, telling us not just about the event, but also for someone else out there, you know, another part of the country, it's like, Hey, I want to do this. You know, what you guys shared on the podcast is, is gold, you know, and as far as how to, how to build it and how to, how to just give back to the community, get people there in the stands and put on a good show. Yeah. We're, we're looking forward to 2020. I mean, it's, Relatively a far, far, far away, but it's still right around the corner. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to iTunes. Go to the Diesel Podcast, give us a review, and then just send us a message on Instagram. Just search at the Diesel Podcast and just let us know that you did it. We're going to choose a winner for a gift card you can use towards truck parts. So you want to get turbo or suspension parts, transmission rebuild kit, save a little bit of money, you take advantage of it. We'll announce the winner here soon. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.